Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Subscriptions for Authors podcast. Today, we're going to be talking all about how authors can use AI to help supercharge and benefit their subscriptions. Now, I know the word AI and authors, it's frightening, and honestly, it's a huge change that scares me in some moments, but it also excites me. And today, I just want to focus on not a distant, far-off future, three or five years from now, and what's going to happen to authors, but instead, the opportunity that lies in front of us in the next few months to think differently about our businesses, to think differently about what we can provide to our readers, and how maybe, just maybe, having a subscription model being one of the foundations of our business, and having a subscription be one of the ways that we provide stories and amazing experiences to our readers, gives us a huge advantage as we move into a world that maybe or maybe not has greater proliferation or usage of AI by authors and other creative people. Who's going to be our guest today? Because me and Amelia, although we know a few things about AI, we want to bring on someone else who really knows about AI. And that person is Steph Pajones. She is leading the AI Writing for Authors Facebook group. And she's an incredible person, is so friendly, and really has created this amazing community that is helping authors write better, write faster, and create really interesting experiences with their readers powered by new technologies and these new generative AI tools. We'll go into more detail about all of that in the podcast. We cover things like how you can utilize AI writing to help you brainstorm and almost work with it as like a co-author. We talk about AI image generation, and we talk about just in general how you can use this in your subscription, whether it's for bonus content and exclusive content, or for helping you provide more early access to your readers or just making your world more immersive and more interesting to your readers. All these tools can help us in that, but also know that if you're listening to this and you're already like about to click off, you don't want to listen because you hear the word AI and you're like, I'm out. I understand that. But I actually think everyone has a responsibility to try and just learn about what the possibilities are now. Because whether you want to utilize these technologies in your business or not, and trust me, it's not essential to use AI to write as an author or to create anything. You can have an amazing business and create amazing stories to your readers without this. To be frank, we've already done this for decades without hundreds of years without needing artificial intelligence to help us create stories. But given that there is this new technology, I want us to think not only about the opportunities that are presented now, but also the idea that as authors, we can create the change we want to see in the world. Our motto here is Storytellers of the World. We're some of the most powerful people in the world because we create stories and give people really worlds that bring communities together. That's what a subscription's about. That's what really storytelling and being an author is about. And that's one thing to see. If you ever see a change in the world that you want to make happen, as storytellers, we can do that. And instead of thinking about AI as this wave of either really good or really bad things, I would like to think about it as this real opportunity that we can take to change and morph the future the way we want to see it. It's very empowering when we look at it that way. And ultimately a future that puts humans at the center, all humans, artist humans, storyteller humans, and our reader humans. And obviously knowing that many of us wear tons of different human hats and have tons of different passions that fall into these camps. Anyways, that's my prelude to this podcast. I wanna just say, there's a lot of really exciting things that are covered inside of it. I think because of the sensitivity of this topic, it warranted a longer introduction than normal, but I promise you this one will be really fun. Steph is amazing. and. I thank you for coming on to our podcast, and I thank you all for listening. Let's get into this one. We'll have lots of cool insights. Awesome. Okay. So I am really excited to be talking with you, Steph. So you 
lead the AI Writing for Authors Facebook group, which has been a wonderful place for me to learn a lot about what's going on. But we brought you here to talk about what's going on and how all of us as subscription authors can actually benefit and hopefully build a better subscription for our readers. So we're going to talk all about that today, but I just want to start with what is AI writing? What even is it? They are built upon OpenAI's GPT-3. So there, they've had many instances of GPT over a couple of years. GPT-2 is now open source, I believe. And then GPT-3 is the one that most people, most companies are using right now. It affords, OpenAI has an API that other companies can use to access the GPT-3 framework and then generate text by prompting the AI, so telling it what you want, and then it gives you text back, which is fun and whatnot. But a lot of people have been introduced to this whole concept through chat GPT, which is hitting the news all over the place right now. Lots of people are prompting it and doing fun things with it and also doing crazy things with it. And that is also built upon the same framework, although it's like a 3.5, right? It's a little bit more advanced because they put another chat layer on top of GPT-3. So it's a little bit more advanced. But the basic is, the basics are, is that you prompt the system with a string of text, and then it gives you back results based on predictability of what you've put in, right? So a lot of us on our phones, when we text a friend or we're in a Facebook comment or whatever, and you're, you have the keyboard up on your phone, you get the predictive text above it, right? Yeah. Unless you've turned it off. I have turned it off in the past. I understand it sometimes gets in the way, but it predicts what you're going to say next based upon what you've put into the system previously, right? So if you write in happy, sometimes it's going to come up with birthday or it's going to say new year because these are things that you've prompted before in the past. And this is the exact same kind of model that GPT uses. It's a predictive format. So it has ingested uh, like billions of words, right? From all over the internet, just you could scrape blog posts. It can scrape a websites. It has been fed like Gutenberg project yeah. books, so things that are out of out copyright. of copyright now. So it has been fed a huge amount of text. So it then takes all of that and it's able to predict what you want by what you've prompted from it. So that's the basics of GPT. And GPT stands for, it's a transformer, right? So it's a, it's like its own neural network application. And it wow. runs on lots of really, it runs on lots of cool backend stuff that you, that I don't really understand all that well, but I'm sure it's really cool. <laughs> I don't know if the engineers even understand it. It has something like 200 billion parameters and no one knows what the parameters are. So that's a whole yeah. other conversation. We won't talk about <laughs> parameters today though. <laughs> what I want to talk about, I just want to preface this all by saying that I know people are immediately thinking like copyright issues, legal issues. None of us are lawyers. We're not giving legal advice today. No. We don't know where the law is going to go. And we don't even know where the future is going to go. I want to talk about today, what's possible today and what we can do with this today. So I want to throw it to Amelia first and ask you, Amelia, I know you are into AI. You like experimenting with new tools. You're always innovative on the edge. Have you tried any AI writing tool, any sort of AI tool for your author business? Yeah, so I used Deepl for oh, yeah. translating. I translated one of my series into German and I obviously, you have to have a, a, an editor after that and a proofreader, but it was a lot less expensive and the translation wasn't like super bad. Like it was decent. And then I've also tried, I haven't published anything with AI writing, but I tried out PseudoWrite a while ago and I was very impressed 
by how well it like after I gave it a prompt, it came out with some really good paragraphs that follow the prompt. And I was like, oh my God, maybe I could use this, but I haven't yet. And then one last tool I've tried, I forgot the name of it, but it was like a character AI. InWorld. So, was it InWorld? If it's the one I sent you, it's InWorld. It might've been InWorld. It was basically where I, you filled out like this character sheet and you gave, it's like what the character, how the character would respond to certain things, like his characteristics. And then you can have a conversation with it in chat, like a chat format. And you can teach it to say certain, or to respond a certain way. And it turned out really cool. It like responded the way my character responded, like almost exactly in my book. And I was like, wow, this is really awesome. So those are the three tools I've used so far. I think those are the only three, but... I'm excited. How about you, Steph? What tools have you used? Because I know you use it personally, and then I want to ask about all the writers you talk to, because I know you talk to a lot of writers. I use a lot. I've used a lot of tools, and I'm always looking for new tools as well. So I have subscribed to a couple of AI newsletters. Some of them were given to me by you, Michael. So every day when I get a new newsletter, I open it up and I scan through and I look for things that are new and on the market and that looks interesting. But in general, I use Pseudowrite, which is something Amelia brought up, in order to keep myself moving in my, my work in progress, right? So I have this bad habit where I'll be writing along, do-do-do, writing some great dialogue and I'm loving it. And then I have to like describe somebody's food on their plate and I'm always like oh I hate doing descriptions sometimes it's, it's a sausage and potatoes it's nothing extraordinary so this is the point where I will use PseudoWrite to I will prompt the system to give me some descriptions of food I will say like they're they're on vacation in Mexico and what are they eating but just tell me give me some examples and sometimes I'll, it'll prompt I will prompt it and it will give me back some examples that I'm just like oh yeah that sounds great and that will get my mind moving it'll maybe they'll put a margarita on the table and I'll think oh that's great they can get drunk and something bad can happen or <laughs> whatever it may be right been using it mostly for that it has a lot of tools that allow you to do rewrites on things so you can you can give it a paragraph that maybe you think is eh, only when it needs more emotions or it needs more description and they can do rewrites of that and give that back to you and you can add that to your work if you like. It has an expand feature where you can give it a very brief paragraph and be like, give me more. You can expand mm -hmm. it and it will give you a lot more either actions or dialogue and you can tell it if you want more or less of one or the other, which is cool. It has lots of brainstorming features. It's basically, it is a tool written and made for fiction writers, by fiction writers, the guys who, who, who have developed this tool. They're also fiction writers, so they know what fiction writers want, which is great because a lot of... AI writing tools that you may see on the market, like Jasper. Novel AI is new, but it, so it hasn't been around for very long. I'm trying to think of copy AI, I think it is. A lot of these tools are built basically for like nonfiction or bloggers. They're great tools for those purposes, but not necessarily for fiction writers. Pseudowrite has a whole layer between you. So it's like you are prompting the system, the Pseudowrite. Pseudowrite then sends that data, that prompt massage to OpenAI gets back information from OpenAI and then they massage it a little bit more and then they give it to you. So they have the whole layer in there that 
is mainly for fiction, right? So you're going to get stuff that you want from that. So that's the main tool I use when coming when writing fiction. I use OpenAI, just their playground, which is like a, it's basically just a big text box <laughs> on their website. And you just type into it and you see what it comes back with. I've used that to help me write blurbs for my books. Everybody, well, we all hate writing blurbs for our books, right? <laughs> and not only does it be a little synopsis of your book, it has to like capture people and have a hook and really sell the story. And that's hard to do if you don't do them like all the time. But guess what? OpenAI, they crawled the web. They've seen thousands, maybe millions. I don't know. <laughs> Book blurbs. Who knows how many they've seen, right? So they, it understood the predictability of a hook and like asking questions in the blurb. It totally understood all that kind of stuff. So I've been able to prompt the system by giving it a slight synopsis of my story, just like a little paragraph of this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then I'm able to get back some basic book blurbs from the system and then I that gives me a foundation to do rewrites and add right. cool stuff and whatnot. So I've been using that, the OpenAI Playground, which also you could use it to outline. I'm a pantser and I've never really outlined and I used it to outline, which was fun for me. I've used it for a lot of things. So including writing blog content for my blog, helping me come up with titles for books, helping me, it's infinite. It's an infinite possibility of things. And then when it comes to other AI tools I've used for writing, basically those are the main two ones. And then I have subscriptions to a few others that I just, I put my hands in and I dabble with here and there just to see what, what the strengths are with like one tool versus another. Oh, wow. Okay. That's super interesting. I, me personally, I kind of want to ask you about the strengths of different tools, but I also know that we're going to be going into a lot of different nuances of things. And I know you do that in the Facebook group, writing for authors, which brings me to how we met. You've been in the subscriptions for authors group for quite a while, but I really was like, whoa, what was Steph doing when she started this AI group? And I'm like, that's interesting. And I think me and Amelia were both one of the first hundred members in the group. And I'm just curious what inspired you to start it and how has it gone? And what are the conversations of writers trying to help writers with this new artificial-ish world? Okay. So main desire for starting the group was to help authors who are stuck. A lot of authors have come to me about the AI tools because they've been like, I haven't been writing for the past couple of months. I'm stuck on this book. I'm stuck on this plot. I'm stuck on these characters. I don't know what to do. There's nobody to brainstorm with, maybe because they live remotely or they don't have anybody that they trust to bounce ideas off of. And I found that the AI tools had filled that gap in my life. Right. So if I, if I wanted to brainstorm something, it was just me. Maybe sometimes my husband will let me bounce some ideas off of him, but he's not really a fiction writer. So I found that by asking, by doing queries of the AI and just asking simple questions, like I would give it a character bio, like this character that I have in my book, he, and I like to use astrology to, to get my characters started. So I'll say this character in my book, he's an Aquarius and his moon is in Gemini and he likes to box and he likes to go running and he's a really successful lawyer. So I told the AI that this is my character and I gave him a name. 
I said, now tell me some more things about him. Let's start brainstorming ideas about this character. I would ask, I ask great questions like, what are his Clifton strengths? And it told me what his Clifton strengths were. I said, what is his Enneagram type? And these are all tools that we use as authors. Like some of us use Enneagram and some of us use Clifton strengths and some of us may use something, right? And then I started asking questions like, what's his favorite meal? And it told me it was pasta. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's a nice, simple dish. Like he can make that for romantic interests. And then that got my wheels turning. I was thinking about what new and other questions I could ask. And then those answers made me think about more about the character and dive deeper into what I was looking for the story, right? So I found that the AI tools really actually inspired me and made me more creative instead of taking away creativity, which is the thing that I hear a lot from other authors. They worry about AI coming in and stealing their creativeness, taking away the magic of writing, when really it has done the opposite for me. It's made it more magical because I'm able to see different things that are outside of my viewpoint, right? Yeah. I started seeing the benefits of AI for me as an author, and I wanted to give those to other people. When I started the group, it was mainly to show people that like, look, this could actually be really helpful for you if you're stuck or maybe you're a really slow writer and prompting the AI can give you like an extra 200 words that can get you rolling and writing even more. I just, I felt this need to help people and that's why I started the group. And it's been great because over the last couple of weeks, We've had a very diverse amount of people joining the group. So we've had people who already write a million words a year. For them, it's they're there to check out and see what they could use AI for in their process that maybe needs just a little bit of finessing. And then we've got people in the group who haven't written for months and they're desperate to try something that will get them going. And so there's something really there in AI for everyone on the spectrum. And that's why I wanted to start the group and be positive about it so that people could see that there's something there for them. And if it turns out that they don't need AI, then that's totally fine too. <laughs> totally fine too. It is a tool and hopefully it can help people. Yeah, it sounds like as you're talking, and I think me and Michael talked to the CEO of Pseudowrite at one point too. Yeah. And he was saying how a lot of authors use Pseudowrite as a co-author. And it got me thinking, I was like, yeah, I love co-authoring with other people, but there, for me, there's not a lot of time to do it because our schedules have to line up and we have to want to write the same exact idea. And when you find a really good co-writer, it's just like fire. You talk, you have some ideas and then the co-writer has some ideas and it just like builds upon each other. And then when I was doing, when I was on Pseudowrite, just like putting prompts in, I was like, wow, this is the same kind of feeling. And it's the same thing as well. Except it's like artificial intelligence doing it <laughs> instead of another person. Yeah, I love working with other authors. It's totally mm -hmm. so much fun, especially when yeah. you gel and it gets right. But we're all busy people. And that's something we'll talk about here is that we all need more time in the day. We can't always be interacting, but the AI is always there. <laughs> it's always mm -hmm. there, it's always, unless OpenAI has an outage, but <laughs> it does happen. It's there. It doesn't get sick. It doesn't get tired. It's always there and ready to give you back some information, which is just a total, I, something I love about it. Like if I'm having this one of those moments where I'm just like, ah, I can't remember what I need. I can just go to the AI and ask it for it. Just fun. It's super interesting because we, throughout 
all of our history as creative people have had to constantly try and find the energy and the time to make things work and try and hire help and to try and just make our imaginations, the stories we love come to life. And there's definitely two sides to the story here. One is that if the AI is always working and you don't need to work with people, we've talked about how it could generate images before on this podcast. It can do things like translations. So I understand that when people, we love and care about people, when people used to be doing that work and AI is doing that work, it can be challenging. But then again, a lot of us listening are indie authors. A lot of us will never be able to afford any of these people that we talk about potentially needing. Like, it sounds right to have a translator, but who here makes $7,000 off their books to be able to afford one? I know I don't, and I don't know if I ever will. We'll see. That would be really cool. But for all the people who want to use this to help save them more time, help them be more productive, what are the options? How has AI maybe helped you be more productive just as a writer? And then we can talk about subscriptions. Yeah, it definitely has made me more productive in the fact that it's keeping me in the chair and writing, right? There were times when I would get stuck. Like I was saying earlier, I go for the description of a Mexican food on the table. Well, in the past, what would I do? I would open up Google, maybe, and start asking it, like, what are some famous Mexican dishes? And then I click on the link and then I go read the post. And then all of a sudden, five hours later, I'm reading something about Mexicans dancing on the beach. I don't know. It's a time suck, right? Doing the research rabbit hole is fun. And it's definitely cool when you come across something that relates to something else. And you're like, oh, this is a great idea. I never would have gotten this idea if I hadn't gone down the research hole. But... There does come a point where it is sucking away a little bit too much of your time. And you should probably step back a little bit from the Google. Um, this is where these tools come in handy for me. So I can ask it, give me the description of the Mexican food or give me, give me some descriptions of how a character may look or what they're wearing to a party or jewelry. I'm just thinking of all the things I've recently asked the system to describe for me. Jewelry was one that was just like, I don't know, it's sparkly and metallic. Tell me more. So it's saving me time because I'm not going and doing, opening a ton of tabs on my browser and doing a lot of research. I'm in the system. It's one of those things where you know how you're writing and you want to get rid of all distractions, right? There's like these distraction-free modes on Scrivener and whatever other tool you may be using. Maybe Word has it. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've used Word. But either way, you want to go distraction-free. So this keeps me in the app, right? I'm in the app. I'm just me and my words. I can query the system, and I'm stuck there, right? Days when I was only getting 500 words, now I'm getting 2,000, 3,000. It's definitely doubling, tripling my output for the day. So it is making me more productive, and it is. I found it to be less taxing. Sometimes you sit down at the keyboard and you're writing like this really amazing scene that's three, four thousand words, and you're like exhausted when you're done, like absolutely exhausted. I don't yeah. get that exhausted anymore. I don't. I found it like playing with the system, getting some words, editing them, keeping the story rolling. At the end of two, 3,000 words, I'm like, oh, it felt like nothing, which is super cool, right? So now I suddenly have more energy to do other things, which is nice. It would be like if I were writing a big chapter in a book, sometimes that would be the only thing I could do that day. And then I would just have to like stare out into space or <laughs> watch TV for the rest of the day. But now I can get in my word count every day and I still have time left over to do other things. 
maybe it's admin, maybe I'm writing a book blurb, maybe I'm writing a blog post to bring people to my site and to bring people into my world. Maybe I'm writing ad copy for my books. All of those things can be done with the AI tools as well. And then that also cuts down on time and leaves more time for the things that we love. I'm a knitter. I love to knit and watch TV. Now I actually have time to do that. <laughs> Whereas in the past, I didn't. So I'm finding that it's keeping me productive. It's keeping me in the flow, which is a nice thing too. Yeah. And then it's saving me time so that I have more time for other things, which is something that I find um, would be really helpful for subscription authors, which is one of the reasons why I came to your group in the first place. I'm interested in subscriptions. I think that they're the way of the future, like one-on-one -on -one with your readers talking to your readers, giving them the content that they're interested in. I've been writing for over 10 years now and I have a blog, which I love. And this is how I talk to my readers. And I'm hoping at some point I can offer a subscription model to them where I give them more content that is more focused on my books. Right now I write a little bit more content that's, that's a bit more broad and wide for my blog because I'm trying to bring in lots of different kinds of readers. So once, once I get a subscription going, or if other authors have a subscription, I think that they can use these kinds of tools to create more content or to make it so that their writing is faster because we all want to write books, right? That is our main product. If you're writing the books, if the tools help you write them faster or cleaner or whatever it may be, and that gives you more time to do things for your subscription. Maybe you are an artist and you are like doing graphic design and you don't have enough time to make things for your subscription. If you save time with the writing, maybe you'll have more time to do the cool and the fun stuff for your subscription as well. I think, no, it's very interesting. I'm curious as Amelia is listening to this, what are you thinking about in terms of what do you wish could be better productivity wise about your subscription? What do you wish you could be doing more of just in general? And I'm wondering how you're thinking AI may or may not fit into it. This is, we're all learning, exploring here. Me and Amelia are not, and even you, Steph, we're all beginning this journey, but I think it's an interesting open conversation to have. Yeah, I don't know. Cause I do some books that I write multiple books on my subscription at one time. The characters might not do what you want them to do, or you don't know what's going to happen next because I don't plot either. I completely just let it all out. And I just sometimes don't know what's going to happen. And so I think if I were to use it more, I would probably do something like that. But something I really like, at least in my subscription, is making my stories as immersive as possible. Hmm. And how do you do that with AI? I've been doing that character, like, character. I don't even know what you would call it. Creating a character who can chat with people, like a chat bot sort of. Yeah. Yeah. So something like that. But I also saw in a Facebook group, I don't know who mentioned it. It might've been you actually, that you can like give the, a chapter from your book and have it turned into like the other characters, point, like another character's point of view. Yeah. Yeah. I that was so cool. Yeah, you can definitely use a lot of the AI tools to rewrite. On PseudoWrite, I think is what you can do. You can highlight like a chunk of your chapter. I think it can only do about 300 words at a time or so. Highlight a couple of paragraphs and use the rewrite function and tell it to rewrite as 
the other character, right? And then once you have that, you could you could also query the AI and be like, let's do more emotions. Or you can say, this character is frustrated. Let's write more about like their feelings of inner frustration. That was one of the ideas that I thought would be really cool for for subscriptions, like for your mm -hmm. patrons. So it's like to take scenes or even cold chapters or books even <laughs> and rewrite them from the opposite person's point of view. AI could definitely help that and make that faster. Make that up because I've done that before. I have a whole I have a whole book in one of my series that is written from the a different protagonist's point of view. You take the chapter written the first way and then you have to go through it and strip out the dialogue because you want the dialogue to remain the same. But then there's the inner feelings and the actions of the other character. And you've got to rewrite all of those. And AI could definitely make that whole process smoother, faster. It's not going to write it for you. Obviously, mm -hmm. you're going to have to direct it and say what you want from your characters, what they're feeling, what they're thinking. And then it will start producing words that you can use in that kind of case. You, you could use it for scenes from a different character's point of view where maybe they've just left a scene in your book. So you can have it start out with a conversation that they're having that was in the previous person's point of view, and then you flip it over and then they go on to do something else, which is fun. And you could actually query the AI at that point and be like, tell me what happens next. Because it can get an idea from what you've already written. Good, like 3,000 to 1,000 words previously, it can look at that and, and it can make some creative decisions about what may happen next if you don't know what's going to happen next. It could be fun. You could maybe even do two or three of those. The AI says this person walks across the street and goes to the deli, or they actually go down into the subway and they go someplace else. You could actually write all of those, which could be a lot of fun. The possibilities are pretty infinite at this point. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like the possibilities of AI go perfectly with the possibilities of subscriptions because we always tell authors, and it can be frustrating to people, like, there's no one set path. There's best practices, and we try and share the best practices on the podcast. But no, you don't have to price your subscription between $2.99 and $9.99. You don't get paid half a page per page read automatically. Audible isn't here setting you and telling you you have to price your book this much. It has to be this long, and it has to have these sorts of tropes to fit into this category or else the algorithm will dox you in that category and you'll go somewhere else, right? Now that's like what we're used to as authors, but subscriptions, you can really run your business how you want. And there's definitely ways to run that business that can be beneficial and that are best practices. And there's best practices in AI that you teach in your Facebook group. But then at the same time, it's like, there's room for experimentation. There's room to learn. There's room to break the boundaries of what we thought was possible with this new age. And this kind of brings me to a, a question I want to ask both of you, which is we now had you, Steph and Lindsay unprompted, Lindsay Sparks in a prior podcast, come on and share subscriptions are the way of the future, which me and Amelia are happy to hear. We both run a platform that is just, there's AI that's for fiction writers. We are the subscription platform for fiction authors called Ream. So obviously we're a bit biased. That sounds cool to us. We believe that, but that's us. Why did you say subscriptions are the way of the future? I know you were talking about like relationships to your audience, but how do you think AI plays into this? There's this wave of subscriptions, there's this wave of AI. I know it's a question that no one has an answer to, but what do you think when I ask that? Yeah, I don't really know the answer to that. I feel like AI is a helper tool at this point that is going to help authors to be more productive or to produce more content for our readers. And that could be 
that could totally be just in the form of more books, right? That you put up for sale on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and whatnot. And maybe that's totally fine for some authors. Maybe they don't want to run a subscription. I completely understand it. It's definitely more work to run a subscription. But I think that some of us really enjoy the one-on-one interaction with our readers, right? I have a couple of really great readers. I just love talking to them. We mostly talk on my Facebook page right now. Some of them are loyal blog readers and they will come and they'll leave comments and we talk back and forth there. And I really just, I really love that interaction. And I can see how by producing more content that isn't necessarily books, it maybe it's bonus scenes, maybe it's extra chapters, maybe it's character profiles, maybe it's, and then if you branch out from writing, it could be AI art, it could be audiobooks, it could be a lot of things, right? But uh, these are these are elements and products that don't necessarily translate well to an ebook that you put up on Amazon, right? So mm-hmm. I want to be able to offer those things to people who are interested. And I feel as you get further along in this path as an author, you start to gather up the really fantastic readers that believe in you and believe in your work and want more of that. So that's why I feel like it's the future for authors, especially if you're interested in being doing the one-on-one with readers. I understand that not everybody wants to. (laughs) Maybe you have to be a little bit more extroverted instead of introverted to want to do that. And so it might not be your cup of tea, right? But it can be. And I feel like if you're into making all the little extras, like you're, you love writing the bonus scenes and you love doing all these kinds of things, it's a perfect marriage for you. So I, I also love the fact that it sort of, it takes out that whole layer of, is Amazon going to show my book to people? <laughs> Am I going to sell these books? Like, how do I do this? It takes a, it takes out that layer between you and the readers where all they have to do is find you on your subscription platform, whatever that is, whether it's Patreon or Ream or whatever. And then you have that, that just that one place where you can easily go to and they can find you and find your work. And then there's the financial component. We all want to earn money so that we can pay for our editors and buy our book covers and whatnot. And knowing that you have a monthly subscription with a certain amount of subscribers gives you some stability and you can look forward to having that money in order to do the things that you want to do for yourself and your readers. So that's one of the reasons why I like subscriptions. I like selling direct too. It's like, this is all a part of it. It's taking away the anonymous big box store layer between you and the reader. So don't know how AI has just blown up in the last six months. Hey guys, it's been huge. Yeah. I, every day I open up my email and there's something mind-blowing to look at. Or I see somebody in my Facebook group that did something that I was just like, wow, that's so cool. I hadn't thought of that. I'm not much of a prognosticator. <laughs> not good at looking into the future. I do just believe that if we remain open-minded about the tools that come out and what they could possibly do and keep brainstorming with fellow authors who are interested in the same thing, that we can harness this momentum and really put it towards this subscription life that we want to build for us and our readers. I really loved what you said. It was AI is a helper 
and it's not something and that's what I, that's what i believe a lot of authors should view ai as it's not something competing against you there's going to be there's going to be people who use it to compete against you sure there's going to be people who make entire books like in one day one hour and they're going to just like flood everywhere that could potentially happen but if authors use AI to help them build a bigger and better brand, a brand that readers want to be part of, it's not your enemy. Like AI is not trying to hurt you. You should use it to help you. And I really love when you said that. So yeah, so this is a tool like any other thing. If you look back at the last, what, like 10 to 15 years on Amazon and KDP, we're looking at people who they saw an opening in the market to produce content and some of them went extreme. They became content mills where they had one author name and they paid ghostwriters. They did a lot of things in order to churn out content really quickly and to flood that genre or to flood that trope that they found that they readers loved and they flooded it so that they could capitalize on that. And there's really nothing wrong with that. I don't see a problem with that. It's just that it's hard to compete, right? If you're the one lonely author who's maybe may writing maybe one book a year, maybe you're writing a couple more, you can't necessarily compete with that. But we say compete because the store like Amazon, right? It pits us against each other in the algorithms, but we don't need to compete as authors. We can prop each other up. And yeah. like I say, like a rising tide lifts all boats, right? So if we're all using these tools to help bring up professionality in our content, to bring up the level of the greatness of our content, then it's good for us all. It is good for us all. And I know that, I just know that there's definitely going to be people that are going to flood the market with that, right? That it was like, what, eight years ago, somebody said that when self-publishers finally flood Amazon market, it will be a tsunami of crap, is what they called it. The tsunami of crap. And yet here we are eight years later. And yeah, there's like millions of books on Amazon, but a lot of the good stuff has gotten the good reviews and the readers love it. And then they recommend it to their friends. And it's still that same engine that's driving the good content and the bad content is floating to the bottom and people are ignoring it. And the same thing will happen with AI books that are not curated, that are not cared for, they're not edited, right? People will look at them and say, meh, They'll close it. They won't recommend it to somebody. It floats to the bottom. This is just, that's the way the market works. And I think that we will see the same here when it comes to the AI books, when they start flooding the market. Yep. I feel like it's the same thing. So I've seen the pattern in the past and I'm not too worried about it. I'm not too worried. It's a tool and we're going to use it to the best of our abilities, but there will always be bad actors who will use it for something that we don't approve of, but we'll do better. We will do better. It's interesting because at the end of the day too, I think there are things that broadly like 99% of people would agree are bad actors. But I also do want to say, because I know there might be people listening who think like using AI at all is bad. And you might think that someone who uses AI is a bad actor. And what I will just say to that is that you have the right to think that. Don't be negative about it because we all have different ways that we think is living a good life and that is good author to us. And that's okay because we can operate our career the way we want. And even as someone who decides I want to go release 100 books next month because, I don't know, GPT-4 came out and it can generate rumor to be able to hold at least 5,000 words of memory. Some people have said 10x that. So if that's possible, then okay, GPT-4 is coming out in May. 
That's going to be interesting. Maybe people decide to do that. But is that wrong? Is that bad? Is a billion books written worse than 10 million books in Amazon? I don't know. I don't want to be the one who says what's right or wrong. But what I do know is interesting is that indie authors are not the only people thinking about this anymore at all. Big publishers are getting ready to use AI too. And that's another interesting market entrant. I was just at a conference in New York City a couple of days ago called Digital Book World. And who owns the conference is a conversational AI venture capital firm that invests in basically like Amazon Alexa type stuff. And they're basically executives from Spotify to you name the company really were pushing AI audio hard. And these publishers were seeing an opportunity to be able to create their content in that or even things like serialized podcast, audio dramas. When you think about the other layers of editing that go on top of it. And what we've, the main thing that ended up becoming the end of the conversation was that there is actually so much demand for content that at least at the given moment, that there's not enough content still being created that really gives readers and consumers and listeners what they want, which means there's going to be an interesting intersection where it might not even be a lone indie author with one book, but Random House deciding to use these tools. And I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing, but I do think you're right in saying that it makes having a direct relationship to your readers more important because when there's a lot of chaos for better or worse, there's Mm -hmm. opportunity. But in that change, it's nice to have your little home. Yeah, I agree with that. And also I definitely see it coming where publishers will be using all of these tools themselves. And it doesn't mean that they're going to cut out the middleman or anything like that, but it will make it so that they can be more profitable. Because when you think about the amount of work that a publisher puts into a book, maybe it's a tentpole book for them for that season, and they're going to put a lot of ads, they're going to put a lot of marketing, they're going to build websites, they're going to do radio spots, they're going to do everything, right? Using AI for them could even be something as small as helping them refine book blurbs or write copy for a press release or any of these things, which will allow them to take on more authors. It will allow them to take on more books because they will actually be able to spend their energy on the things that matter. And they can just, so the thing I like to tell people is that AI is not going to replace humans, but humans using AI will replace humans who don't because it's going to make you more efficient. It's going to give you more time to do the things that matter. That's my bottom line is that it is giving me back time. It's giving me back brain space to do the things that I love the most, which includes more writing or crafting or spending time with my family. Like all of those things are important as a whole person. So they, these tools are helping me achieve that and making my life a lot better. They're going to do the same thing for businesses. It's going to replace repetitive tasks that nobody really wants to do anyway. You don't really necessarily want to hire the 20 year old to come and go through the slush pile when you could probably have an AI do that. You get the books electronically, it could read through them, do a summary, boom. And then instead, you could be teaching that 20-year-old concepts on marketing. You could be teaching them to do things that are actually going to directly relate to their career. And this is where I see AI taking over and making our lives a lot easier and actually more creative. Yeah, that's... I think a really fascinating takeaway and I think a sign of hope that maybe 
we, through all of our history as storytellers, whether it was the capital that publishers had and like the ownership of distribution, and now still publishers have a lot of power, but the power that platforms have specifically even over publishers at this point, because they hold data. And now maybe there's this piece of AI that also can set us free and give us more freedom and control, not only as you were saying over our personal lives and how we spend our time and what we can create, but also how we run our businesses. Maybe there is this opportunity to truly have storytellers rule the world. That is my big goal for the next decade in this industry. I don't know if it'll happen, but that's what we're fighting for. And I think it's why AI is so interesting. And before we actually wrap this podcast up, because we've talked about a lot and it's probably <laughs> people, people listening, you're like, either you've taken like 10 deep breaths and you're like, wow, or you're like, I need to see what I can do next, which is why I'm going to ask you. If I'm someone maybe coming from the subscriptions for authors community, which you've been a member of, what would you recommend doing to maybe explore how you can integrate AI for writing into your publishing process, into your marketing process, into your production process, and into your subscription? Where should I just start to dive into this? I'm going to do a shameless plug and tell people That's, to come to my okay. Facebook group. Okay. So yes. com slash groups slash AI writing for authors. And that's all written out. And you can just actually search for us on Facebook and you'll probably find us. But description uh, too. Yes. Link in the description. Thank you. You can come to my Facebook group and you can see, you can scroll through the posts and see how people are using the tools already. Maybe something will spark you and make you think, oh, I never thought of using it for that. Maybe I'll try that. It is literally like growing the amount of tools and the amount of things that can be done, they're growing like every single day, every day, there's something new. So it's hard to just put my finger on like the one thing <laughs> that you may want to try. So I'll break it up into a few little things. Just go to the Facebook group. <laughs> just go to the Facebook group. <laughs> but anyway, no, I'll break it up into a few little things. If you're interested in trying out an AI writing tool for writing fiction, I recommend PseudoWrite and that is S-U-D-O. W-R-I-T-E, PseudoWrite. And that's pseudo for, I don't know if either of you guys are computer people or not, but like Unix, like the pseudo command, like helps you, it makes you like the super user in Unix, which is where it comes from. Anyway, so I recommend PseudoWrite. Uh, you can, they have like a free tier, like you can get like free words to get started and you can go in and start playing around with it. That's something you can do right off the bat. And they have a Slack community that is very active. So you can even jump in there and see what people are doing in there. People are asking questions a lot They're and they're giving away tips and tricks, which is fun too. So I go in there often to see what people are doing. So if you want to try fiction writing, I recommend PseudoWrite. If you're interested in brainstorming, I definitely say ChatGPT while it's available. they It's in a research phase right now where they're taking input and they're archiving and they're looking at them and determining what's working and what's not. And I think that chat GPT eventually will be paid, but so for now it's free. So jump in there while you can. This is January 20th, 2023. So in case you're listening to this podcast in the future, it may not be available for free, but you can go in there. It runs just like a chat bot. You can talk to it like you're talking to another person, which is fun. I recently used it to, to ask about something in one of my books. I had a court case, like a, I've got one character suing another character for property. And I was like, I don't, I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> I know plenty of lawyers that I could go to, but that will take time. And they're all busy people, right? They're like billing every six minutes. They don't have time for me right now. So I went into ChatGPT and I said, this character is suing this character for property. 
is that a civil case in the United States? And it came back. It was like, yes, that's a civil case in the United States. I'm like, great. Tell me what happens next, because I have no idea what the steps are if you sue somebody. So it came back and it gave me all the steps. Like you file a summons complaint and then you have to show up at court and blah, 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 blah. It gave me all the steps. And then I asked questions of the chatbot about each one of those steps. What is the, what is a summons look like? What happens if you want to speak to the judge? It gave me all of this information, right? And at the end, of course, it tells me it is not a lawyer <laughs> and you can't use this stuff in place of a lawyer. But because I told it I was writing a fictional story, it gave me this information and I'm using it in a very fictional far future universe. So it's only just a basis for me to jump off and write those scenes, which I wouldn't, where am I going to find that information? Otherwise I could Google and get sent down the rabbit hole again. But instead I just asked chat GPT and gave me my information. And we went about our separate ways, which was fun. Lots of people are using it to song lyrics for the books or write a poem, or <laughs> you can ask it to write something like a famous, a famous author. You can say, write a poem, write a paragraph about trees in bloom in the style of Hemingway, and it will write something for you. And then you can say, take that and write it in the style of Shakespeare. And it will write it in the style of Shakespeare. And these are all the fun things that you can do with it. Maybe that sparks some creativity in you. Who knows what I'll come up with, right? Those are the two main tools I suggested people get started with. They're like the most, they're the ones that are pseudo write is like being mentioned in tons of author communities. People are hearing about it constantly. Chat GPT is being mentioned like pretty much everywhere. Hear about it on the New York Times, hearing about it in CNN hearing about it from some random cousin of mine has been using it. Like everybody's been using it. So you might as well before they make it paid. When it comes to other AI tools, there's a lot of them out there for video. There's the ones out there for images. There's ones out there for translations. There's a chat that I just found recently that you can, if you're learning a language, which I'm learning, I'm really into languages. I know Japanese, I'm learning Portuguese and Italian, and you can, they have chatbots now in other languages that you can chat with. If you're learning a language, it can figure out where you are <laughs> in your journey of learning that language, which is maybe you're a beginner, maybe you're intermediate and you can talk to it and it will correct you That's and so it will cool. tell you what else you can do. There are just so many tools, guys, so many tools. <laughs> but if you're a writer, I definitely suggest if you're a fiction writer, you start with PseudoWrite and then ChatGPT for fun and brainstorming. If you're a nonfiction writer, you may want to try tools like Jasper, Copy AI. There are these new tools out. There was one the other day I saw called Boo, like B-O, and it's a little ghost, which will help you write blog entries. Magic blog was another one I heard of recently. They're just coming out like gangbusters, all of these tools. So I want to write more content for my blog, maybe with an SEO bent so that I can get people. I write a space opera, science fiction romance, right? So I want to write a blog post about science fiction romance, maybe some tropes in it that I really love. I can use a tool, an AI tool to help me with that, just to like some brainstorm, some ideas for that blog post, maybe come up with some text, put my own spin on it, put it in a blog post. Hopefully it, the SEO brings more readers to me when they search for it. There's just, the tools are, but I definitely suggest starting small, 
one or two. Yeah. And then branching out from there, come to my Facebook group and learn what other people are doing. My Facebook group, I keep it very positive. We're not there to lament the end of our creative lives because AI has taken over. That is like my one number one rule so that we're not allowed to do that. We're there to discuss how these tools can help us become better, faster, more productive, any one of these things. So I'm welcome yeah. to this. Welcome to have them there if they're willing to talk about it. I'm sure our people are. And I always say, just be respectful anyone who's coming and going to that <laughs> Facebook group because Steph really is a wonderful person. And we're very grateful to have her on the podcast today because you really shared so much information. And I definitely want to second the advice of starting small because it could feel like the world has changed overnight, but we're at the beginning of this whole change. It's going to take three to five years to make a truly sizable impact in most industries. As authors, we're seeing and feeling it and having these conversations early, specifically because text, generative text is like further along than most generative AI technologies. But that also doesn't mean it's going to change the industry overnight either. That will take some time. It won't take 20 years, but it's going to take some time. But I want to leave off with some advice, not from me, but from Jay Klaus. We've been talking a lot about artificial intelligence and tools, but I want to end off with two pieces of advice that he shared in a Twitter thread called 30 Life Lessons to Learn ASAP. He's a creator and he helps creators build their CUNYs. That's what he does. He shared really two awesome pieces of advice. The second life lesson is build your network. Budget time every week to meet and have conversations with someone new. Meet them with no agenda. Meet them to build a bond and learn about them as a person. The world runs on relationships. Build some. Maybe that exact language wouldn't be my advice to an author, but how many times do we build relationships with readers just with the intention to sell? Build even relationships with other authors, just the intention to newsletter swap, whatever it is. There's a magic to what he said, and especially in the last sentence of meet them to build a bond and learn about them as a person, meet them with no agenda. Then the third lesson is this. The difference between a big outcome and a small outcome is usually relationships. Behind every decision is a person, even if it's override power over an automated system, which is literally what we're talking about here, right? In most cases, there are people who can make a big difference for you. AI, as amazing as it is, will not be the difference between you being a New York Times bestseller and making a million dollars or starving on the side of the street. None of that will, but who will probably are your fans, are those relationships you have with the key people. And it's why, like you already said, Steph, AI is not going to take over humanity. It might just superpower us. So anyways, this was amazing. I love this podcast and everyone has a great time writing. Thank you for having, it's been great talking about it with you guys. Seriously, really fun. I hope we can all really stick with this last paragraph or this last point. We're creating a podcast and a book, but the last paragraph being that AI is not going to take over humanity. And maybe this is something that can help supercharge you, can turn you into almost a creative superhuman because we all only have so much time in a day, so much energy, and maybe AI can be something that helps us. And I know this podcast has a lot of information. I know this podcast has a lot coming on. So I just want to say everyone, thank you for listening. I appreciate your feedback. A lot of times we stick to just talking about subscriptions and some tactics and strategies, but we also like to talk about some technologies and other future or even now topics that are important to this industry. And I'd love to hear from y'all what topics you'd love to hear us share with you on the Scriptions for Authors podcast. So you can always reach out to us at contact at ream, R-E-A-M dot I-N-K. Yes, contact at ream dot Can reach out to us at any time. We will take your feedback into account. And we may even create a new episode just because you want to hear it. Because we love that kind of stuff. 
Now, if you aren't a part of the Subscriptions for Authors Facebook group, it's another amazing community in addition to the AI Writing for Authors Facebook group. It can really help you build your community as an author, focus on how you can build your subscription, start it, and grow it, which Steph said might be a really important revenue model and where the, a lot of this business, this industry is shifting. And me and Amelia certainly believe that too. Now, if you've already joined the Facebook group, there are some other resources you might wanna check out. Recently we released Subscriptions for Authors Starter Guide, totally free book that can help you supercharge your subscription. And there's also the top 500 fiction authors and subscriptions report. Link down to both of that in the subscriptions. It's on our resources page, a new page on the Subscriptions for Authors website. All free resources to help you grow and supercharge your subscription. But that's enough for me today. I love you all. I'm very thankful for you sticking around for this episode. I hope to see you all very soon. But in the meantime, don't forget, storytellers rule the world. I'm gonna do it all.